0: This morning, we're going to be, well, we're actually going to spend time in a lot of scriptures. So there'll be a few where you can turn to. We're going to, I'll read Luke 20 here in a moment, but our main text we're going to use for the outline will be in First Timothy. Um, but we're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning as we we pass through this, this topic this morning uh, on the perseverance of the saints. Um, let me just, check and see if this works and working. No, no. Okay. I'll just point to you when I need a slide is that okay Susan thank you or I'll mention something we can do the slide okay that's good where it's at yeah. okay so last week we began considering uh, this the implications of Luke 21 verse 19 so when Jesus is speaking about the last days and what's going to happen he speaks uh, in part here about how persecution and trouble will come to the people of God. And at the end of that section, before he moves into the next sign or the next uh, characteristic of the age, he leaves us with this thought in verse 19, which says, by your patience, possess your souls. And we noted last week as we began this, this thought, that, that phrase, by your, pos- your patience, possess your souls... Uh, summarizes what we call in in historical theology terms, so what we've called it for many, many, many years, is the perseverance of the saints. Uh, I said last week, I think a, a better way to talk about all we're going to do is just to call it the doctrine of eternal life, because it covers all of those things. And so last week, as we, we started talking about this, we noted that there were kind of two perspectives that we have To look at. Uh, If you can put that slide up for me, there are these two perspectives. And so when we look at eternal life, we're looking much like every doctrine that we we see and that we, we know, there are always two perspectives. There are how God sees it in His great decree and His great plan, and then there's how we see it from our perspective and how we're to interact with it. So just like in salvation, we know that God decrees salvation, He elects and He calls people to salvation. But then it is our responsibility to believe and repent. And that's what brings us to salvation. So in the final events of salvation, when God is bringing it to its end, there is still two perspectives to that. And the way we see it are two things at work. From God's side of things, he is preserving. That is, he is going to keep us and keep us safe from beginning to end. That is his duty. That is his promise. That is what he has said he would do. But from our perspective, while we are certain that God is going to keep us, we have a responsibility to persevere or to endure in the faith. And so, as we we saw last week, our statement of faith reads it like, like this. And you can read along with me here. Because it kind of summarizes this whole point and shows us these two things. It says, We believe that such only are real believers... As endure to the end. That their persevering attachment to Christ is the grand mark. Which distinguishes them from superficial professors. That a special providence watches over their welfare. And they are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. So it expresses those two thoughts. That there is the preserving power of God. But also the perseverance of the saints. The enduring So last week we talked about God's side of it, that he keeps, that he preserves the faithful. He preserves those that are his. Now we want to see how it looks from our perspective, the perseverance part, the enduring part of what that means. This is our responsibility to endure. Like I said, by understanding both aspects, by understanding this uh, doctrine of eternal life as a whole... We are kept from, uh, from extremes and also from a false faith and believing what may or may not be true in our life. So by the very nature of God and his salvation, we are kept and secure in God forever. So by that, like we saw last week, no true believer can ever lose their salvation. And God will never lose His people. In John chapter 6 and in verse 37, Jesus says to us here, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of my Father who sent me that all uh, that all of sorry that all that of all he has given me i should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day and this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the son and believes in him may have everlasting life and i will raise him up at the last day let's have a word of prayer before we continue this morning Our Heavenly Father, as we come to your word to glance at these magnificently beautiful truths, how you keep us and also how you enable us to endure, we pray that we would be encouraged by your word, Lord, strengthened to continue to follow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I said um, briefly after our study to the few that were at, at the house the other night that when it comes to prophecy, prophecy is not my thing. Right? So some people just love it. They eat it up and that's all they want to talk about. And that's great and that's, that's fine, but it's not mine. Like, I, I'm not the person who just... All I want to do is talk about prophecy. But when it comes to this topic, the preservation of the saints, this is mine. Okay? So for some people it's prophecy, for some people it's other things. But the preservation of the saints and particularly the perseverance of the saints, is something which is particularly precious to me. Understanding this particular doctrine has helped me immensely. It has been a particularly personal journey for me, which is what makes this so uh, important to me and so uh, drawing for me. You know, I grew up with With friends in in church from many different churches around, professing salvation, and many of these of my friends, some of them even pastors' kids, uh, grew up professing to believe in Jesus but didn't live like Christians. They didn't look like it. They didn't serve. They didn't really do anything which showed that they looked like believers. And sadly, by adulthood. Only a handful of my friends growing up were still in church or still claiming to be believing. Many well-meaning and hopeful Christians would say of of these people, my my friends, who had, had left the faith, essentially, or had left coming to church at all, they would assure them that even though they weren't here, they were still saved because they'd made a profession. This... This never sat well with me. It never made sense to me. How is it that, that simply saying you believe Jesus and then never living for him and then, then leaving completely, you could still call yourself genuinely to be a Christian and still believe that they would be in heaven? It, 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 it caused me a great deal of struggle through particularly my teen years and into my early 20s. So the more I understood this doctrine, the more I understood this aspect, not just the, the preservation of God, but how it works in tandem with the perseverance of the saints, the more it began to change the way I saw things, That changed the way I, I prayed for my friends, my thinking about my friends and those I saw. It, it pre- changed my interaction with many of them on many ways. It's also the thing which led me more fully and completely into what we know as the, the doctrine of grace because it drew me to what made sense, what seemed to put the Bible all together. This this is what true believers look like. So I said we're, we're going to talk about this and I've, I've drawn our outline this morning from some words that Paul gives to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16. And it's here that we'll we'll take our structure really, but say we'll be looking at a lot of scripture to put it all together. But in first Timothy chapter four and verse sixteen, Paul says to Timothy, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. This is is Paul telling Timothy about the perseverance of the saints. Just continue in what you have believed. As you continue in what you've been taught, as you continue in this, take heed, pay attention to your life, and continue in it because that is where you will find your great and final salvation and those around you. The perseverance of the saints basically means that all true believers will believe to the very end. You're a true believer. You will believe to the very end. I've said it a number of times, and I'll probably say it even more here. If I was to squeeze it down a little bit to put the two together. We persevere because God preserves. Because God is holding on to us, we are able to hold on to him. We will persevere in faith and life to the end. And in the end, we will find the eternal life that God has promised. The beauty of seeing these two parts together, the preservation of God and the perseverance of the saints, the beauty of seeing these two together is is we may stumble, but he will never let us go. We will never be finally lost. He will watch over us. It's really pretty simple here, as we consider it is persevere in faith and life to the end. And this I've drawn from these words that that Timothy Paul gives to Timothy, that we're to persevere in yourself, your doctrine, until the end. So I want to start this morning with the first thought to persevere, and that's our first point this morning: persevere. And to start with, I want to consider this: what perseverance is not. I want to consider for a moment what it's not, just to, to take some of the confusion out of it, of what it is. The first thing that perseverance is not is perseverance isn't perfection. Perseverance isn't perfection. So when we talk about perseverance and that the believer will continue to the end and be saved to the end, we're not talking about that you will never fail, that you will never fall. You will never struggle or be confused or, or uncertain about things in life. That's not what perseverance means, that you will always be confident and you will always be where you ought to be in the Christian life. It doesn't mean that you'll never wonder if God knows what he's doing. Read the Psalms. Read David's own words. So God isn't demanding perfection. Perseverance isn't about ...how you can lose your salvation. So it's not about if, if I just keep going... ...but if I, if I make a mistake then I'll lose it... ...and I've got to start it again. That's not perseverance. That's not endurance. Perseverance is about... ...well, it's about sanctification. It's about a progress toward perfection. So it's not about being perfect but about progressing toward perfection. It's a perfection that comes in eternal life. Now, that progress, that progress toward perfection may be slow at times, but you will get there in the end. Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher in, in London many, many years ago, uh, described it like this. By perseverance, the snail reached the ark. That is, he got to salvation but it was slow. And that's what it is for the life of the believer. We will get to the end. We will see our salvation finally. But at times it's going to be a very slow process. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy all the way. This is why I've, I've shown you this progression so many times. that You could probably say it to me from Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 and 30. Where Paul writes to us, about God's work in salvation it says for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he predestined these he also called whom he called these he also justified and whom he justified these he also glorified it is God in his eternal decrees When he called you to salvation, he predestined you, he elected you, he confirmed you to be like Christ. That is the end he has intended. If you want to know what the perseverance of the saints looks like, if you want a picture view of it, a real life view, you could really look at any believer throughout scripture. Look at Abraham. Look at David. Right, David's a murderer who can be called a man after God's own heart. Abraham, a a, a, a philanderer and 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 troublesome at sometimes, who is the friend of God. But I think you can't get much more pictorial in this than the life of Peter. Right, Peter is perhaps the epitome of a life that shows the perseverance of the saints. Bold, brash Peter, who when. When Jesus would tell him that he needs to be crucified, Peter would say, no, that will never happen. We will never let it happen. A place where Satan is so close to Peter that Jesus looks at Peter and doesn't contact or speak to Peter, but speaks to Satan and says, get behind me, Satan. And then the night when Jesus is to die, Peter's bravado is still there. Still, I will never let anything happen to you. And Jesus says, you will deny me three times tonight. And what happens that night? Three times he denies the Lord on that one night. Rocked so much in his faith by all that went on that after Jesus dies, he and the disciples are sitting around and he says, that's it. I'm going back to fishing. I'm no longer going to do this this disciple thing, I'm going to be a fisherman. And then in the morning, Jesus shows up. And he doesn't let Peter go back to fishing. He doesn't let Peter go off. He says to Peter, you're mine. Come do my work. And Jesus restores him and brings him back in. And then we know what happens to Peter after this. Yes, there's still ups and downs in Peter's life after this. But he continues to pursue Christ. We read a moment ago in John chapter 17, which is Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for him the night before he dies. And at the beginning of that prayer, he is praying for Peter and he is praying for the apostles that their faith would not fail. That they would endure. And the father always answers the son's prayers. Because he's always praying in the will of the Father. And the verses we read a moment ago at the end of that are not Jesus just praying for the apostles or praying for himself that night. They are Jesus praying for us. That we would endure to the end. And what Jesus prays always gets answered. He prays for those that will follow. Perseverance is not perfection. Secondly, perseverance isn't just a profession, a profession of faith. Perseverance reminds us that true salvation comes by more than just a profession, by more than just saying the words. This, out of all the things, this is what I saw the most In the people around me in many of the churches and people around me was was this idea about perseverance or salvation being by profession. The idea that once saved, always saved, no matter what. This usually relied on someone making a profession of faith at some point. Maybe at a camp or maybe at a revival or in a church service or they sat down with someone and they said a prayer or maybe they read a tract. At the back of the tract, it had a prayer. It says, if you believe this, pray this prayer. And then at the bottom, it says, if you prayed this prayer, you are a believer. You are saved. These are, are dangerous things. I heard a, a preacher once. I went to a big meeting, and I heard a preacher once, and you can ask Kirsten. I left that meeting so angry. Because as I sat there and I listened to him preach, he didn't even preach about the gospel. But then at the end he gave this invitation and he called people to, to uh, if they wanted to be saved, to, to follow him in this prayer. And he prayed this prayer and people followed him and he said, if you said that prayer with me, stand up. So people stand up across the auditorium and he says, if you prayed that prayer and you believed it, you are saved forever. Now, he had no idea what went on in those people's lives. Now, after this, so he he says a prayer and he calls them all to come forward. Now, Kirsten at that time, she was doing some sign language and so she was called forward to help one of these young ladies afterward. Now, this young lady who had stood up and who had said, I prayed that prayer, when she went back with Kirsten and Kirsten started talking to her about what was happening, she had no idea what had just happened. So Kirsten had to start again. This is the gospel. This is what you need to believe. It it, it pains me how many people left that meeting that night believing they were saved because somebody stood up there and told them they were and they had no idea what they were doing. This is why this is my passion. Because it's not just a profession. It's not just saying the words. It's got to be more than that has to be more than that. The Bible says more than that. The Bible says that genuine salvation comes when you believe that God is God. And I am not. When you believe that you are a sinner in need of God's rescue. That you need his salvation. That you admit that you need his forgiveness. And then you spend your life pursuing him. It's not just a profession, it's a life. So, that's what perseverance is not. It is not perfection and it is not profession. What is perseverance? Perseverance is pursuit. Perseverance is a pursuit. See, perseverance is it's an evidence of your salvation. The fact that you continue, the fact that you continue to follow Jesus, that you pursue him, even in the ups and downs of life, even when you fail or fall or get confused or struggle, even in those moments, you never give up faith and you still pursue him. It's very much like what James says in his book when he talks about faith and works. and He says, faith without works is dead being alone. That is, if nothing changes in your life, If you don't do what's right after that, if you don't follow Jesus, if you're not uh, wanting to follow Jesus, then you probably aren't saved. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul gives us the same idea that, that if you're not pursuing Christ, you are probably not saved. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21 says, And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister." enduring, persevering in our life with Christ is evidence that you are a true believer of Jesus Christ. But you continue on. You may struggle, but never give up. You never give up because God never lets you go. That is, it shows your salvation. That's what Jesus and the apostles preached In the notes I've given you, I've put a whole bunch of scripture references and I'll read some of those now. Each one of those shows us how Jesus, the apostles, and the Bible writers spoke about perseverance being an evidence that you are saved, that if you continue to pursue Christ, that shows that your salvation is genuine. Jesus himself says it in John chapter 8. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Paul knew it to be true in his own life, which is why he put so many things in his life to make sure he followed Jesus. He would say in 1 Corinthians 9, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I should become disqualified. He says, I'm going to keep an eye on my body. I'm going to keep pursuing Christ so that in the end, I am not a reprobate. He would say the same thing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. The writer of the Hebrews says it this way. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession hold fast that's why john wrote his first letter first john is all about the confidence and the certainty we can have in our salvation that those that believe will be saved he wrote that so that we would have assurance that we would have confidence And he gives a whole list of things which will reveal in your life that you can have confidence in your salvation. Read through 1 John and you'll find a whole list of those things. He says, if you want to know if you're saved, you should see this in your life. If you want to know if you're saved, you should see this in your life and this in your life. And he brings it to its conclusion, saying, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe. Over and over and over and over again in scriptures, Jesus and the apostles teach us that our perseverance is what shows the genuineness of our salvation. So perseverance is a constant pursuit of God. It shows we're saved. In Philippians chapter 3, Again, probably familiar verses because I refer to it often, but in Philippians chapter 3, Paul speaks of the Christian life like this. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Persevere. Secondly, persevere in faith and life. Paul said to Timothy, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Your faith. Believe God. Believe God. Growing in your faith. What does, what does perseverance look like? You know, often when we think of perseverance or endurance, we think of the, you know, that you that hardcore endurance. I listened to a uh, a man this week describe how he was caught out in the the uh, nowhere in the middle of, of Texas on a hunting trip became injured so injured that he and his buddy thought he was going to die and so he made this trek he was determined to get to the hospital his friend became delirious along the way because they hadn't had water along the way but he made it to the hospital and we look at them and say now that's endurance that's perseverance but more often than not perseverance is not the heroic journey more often than not perseverance is one foot in front of the other daily doing what needs to be done today so you can do what needs to be done tomorrow tomorrow it's not always the heroic journey it's simply doing one step in front of the other until you reach the end until you come to the end and that's the christian life today do what needs to be done. Learn what you're learning and grow today. And then tomorrow you do the same thing. And before you know it, you see the growth in your life. And then before you know it, as you've taken one day after the other, after the next, then you find yourself face to face with your Savior. Endurance. Persistent pursuit of Jesus. Perseverance means that the believer will never completely lose faith. They will continue to believe to the end. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Your faith in God is deep, is genuine. Yes, it may struggle and it may slow, but it never goes away. It never disappears. That's why the Bible so often warns us about false faith. There's a number of those passages in Hebrews... ...which tell us and warn us about the dangers of those that believe falsely. Thinking they are saved but are not. Paul warns us of this in 1 Corinthians. Before he gives us that great treaty in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15... ...he warns us with these words, "...by which also you are saved if you hold fast to the word which I preached you, unless you believed in vain. 1 John chapter 2, John reminds us, they went out from us because they were not of us. Why did so many of my friends leave the faith? Because they were never in it to begin with. That's the hard reality. They were never in it. They went out from us because they were not of us. This is why when we see people fall away, we need, we must pray for their repentance. True believers' faith is always growing, even through adversity. So grow in faith and growing in truth The true believer will be studying God's word, taking it in, being nourished by it and growing in their understanding of God's word. Jesus says in John chapter 7, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. That is, those who want to know the will of God will be guided to understand the will of God. So we believe God. And we live for God. A life of perseverance will have a number of telltale signs. One of those is that it will produce fruit. There will be evidence of true belief in that life. Not just internal spiritual evidence. So not just growing in the faith and not just understanding God's word more. But there is is outward physical evidence also. This is what John or what Jesus was getting at when he spoke to us in John chapter 15 about abiding in the vine. So he says in John 15 in verse 8, but this by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And then verse 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. There should be external evidence. There should be something in your life which shows that you are genuinely believing. If you abide in him, there will be evidence. You'll produce fruit. Secondly, you'll pursue holiness. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 talks about how, how we understand sin and how we see sin. He says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He says, but if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you and you make him to be a liar. Chapter two, if, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. That is, our life will be a pursuit to live more and more like Christ, to be seen, to be more holy. Produce fruit, pursue holiness. Thirdly, you'll practice good works. Jesus tells us in John 10 that his sheep know his voice and they follow him. Is they do what he does. They go where he goes. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. We know verse 8 and 9 very well, many of us. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 says... Where well, you were created, his workmanship, to good works, which God has before ordained that you should walk in them. That is, God saved you by his own great grace and has given you the faith to believe. Now, having saved you from sin, he is expecting that in that life there should be good works. We should see what's going on. Persevere in faith and life to the end to the end live with confidence live with confidence that you will be at the end there is a close link between perseverance and assurance of your salvation so assurance of your salvation doesn't come because someone tells you if you said a prayer you're going to heaven because god will keep you that's not assurance assurance is that i can look at my life and say my life looks like what it's supposed to My life is pursuing Jesus Christ. That's what it's meant to be. We're not persevering in hope of assurance, but rather our perseverance feeds our assurance. As you look at your life, you see, this is where I'm headed. This is the direction of my life. I can see that I will make it to the end. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. The persevering saint will keep a close watch on their life. They'll be looking at their life, seeing how it measures up to Jesus Christ, seeing how it needs to change, how it needs to grow. We will be examining ourselves. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to you exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence Add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ how can you find confidence the persevering saint will enjoy fellowship with God the persevering saint has their prayers answered because we ask in the will of God the persevering saint longs for the return of Jesus there is practical evidence too we will become more discerning our lives will become more more righteous as they look. We will see the fruit of the Spirit amplified in our lives. Live with confidence and live as a witness. Jesus tells us in John 13, by this all know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It's hard to say that more clearly than Jesus does. People know a true disciple because they love the people of God. Love God's people and love your neighbor. Some of Jesus' last words to us were, As the Father sent me, so send I you. If you're not proclaiming the gospel, we aren't continuing in Jesus' words. We're not following his commands. The persevering saint lives for God's glory in the salvation of of sinners. Paul reminds us take heed to yourselves and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Jesus said, by your patience possess your souls. Keep marching toward your eternal life. Keep moving there. Keep pursuing Christ. Your perseverance will feed your assurance. God is watching out for you every step of the way. He will not let you fall as you are pursuing Him. No matter what happens in this life, keep moving forward with God. Pursue Him with your whole life. Be diligent to make your call and election sure. Don't ever rely on a profession one time. What happens if you can't remember it? What happens if it becomes fuzzy? Rely on God's promise and his aid in enduring. He will keep you to the end. I've got a few pointers here at the end. How can you help someone who professes faith in Christ but who shows no signs of persevering with Christ? What could I have done better for my friends? Pray for them. Pray for repentance. Pray for awakening. See, I've said this many times. In circumstances like this, you can do nothing better than pray for their repentance. Because it doesn't matter whether they're saved at that point genuinely and just drifting away in their own sin and need to be brought back or whether they are not saved at all. Either way, they need to repent and come back to God. Pray for their repentance and pray for their awakening. Maybe you need to encourage them and bring them along to church. Say, come here. what the gospel is. Be with me. Let me help you understand it. Talk with them about spiritual things, about the Bible. Spend time speaking with them about these things as you have opportunity. Let them see what a life that that lives for Christ looks like. Be a living example. Let them see that. Let them see the love of Christ flow from you, the pursuit of Christ, what that looks like in a life talk about heart matters not just duty it doesn't matter if they're doing the right things or if they appear to be doing the right things what does their heart need and when the time is right I mean it when the time is right there are times when it is not right because it can make things worse but when the time is right as best as you know let them know your concern. Say, look, I I, I'm not sure that you're genuinely saved. We need to talk about this. I have seen this at work in my own friends' life. I have two of my closest friends grew up believing they were saved. Both of these actually were, were pastors' children. Different churches, places. They acted like they believed. They did the right things as they thought they should. Because of the profession of faith they made when they were children, they were told they were believers. They were convinced for many, many years that they were believers in Jesus Christ. Both of them, in different ways and expressed in very different ways, rebelled and left their churches and got angry at God, got angry at God's people in different ways. In time, God brought people into their lives that patiently and prayerfully helped them understand that they needed salvation, that they weren't saved. By God's great glory, both of them are children of God today, and they know it. Their lives have changed. Their families have changed. They pursue God with a genuine concern for people, we can indeed, as Paul says here, both save yourself and those who hear you. Persevere, endure. God will not let you go. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for its truth, how it guides us and directs us into all we need to know and gives us the confidence in what we believe and what we know you will do and who you are. Dear God, thank you that as we genuinely put our faith and trust in you, that we can be absolutely certain because of your promise that you will never let us go. And as we pursue you, we may stumble and we may trip and we may stray at times, but you will never let us fall completely. Help us today, dear God, to endure. Help us to see the ways in our lives today that need to be corrected or adjusted. Dear God, we pray this morning for those in our own lives who believe they are saved but show no, no truth of believing. Please, dear God, open their eyes. Let them see, honestly, themselves and you. That they might be able to find genuine salvation in you. Not just an empty hope, but genuine salvation. For these we pray with hearts full of concern. In Jesus' name, Amen.